How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Hill Country Conservative. It is season two. We haven't recorded since summer. Uh, again, all of us are students, so it's a little difficult for us to record all the time. But I'm your host, Sebastian Quaid. I'm Christian Cavazos. I am Troop Holdridge. And today we're talking with the Honorable Ken Mercer. Ken, do you want to uh, start us off and tell us a little bit about yourself? First of all, it's great to be here, and, and thanks for you all guys being bold and strong. I'm uh, uh, in 2002, I became the first state rep uh, in a, a Republican elected in District 117, which is San Antonio, Barrett County, since Reconstruction. And that was an interesting time because uh, the corruption was so bad in my county at local school boards and city councils. And in my election, which uh, Republican never won, uh, the second week of early voting, my opponent was uh, indicted by the FBI and Texas Rangers for being head of a criminal crime family, corruption, abuse of office, bribery, and voter fraud. Uh, back in 2002, they would go to the, to the old mailboxes and the post office worker would come and tell them, hey, the, the voter cards are out this year. They're going to be delivered tomorrow. This year, the color is red or yellow or green or blue, whatever they have for that year. And they'd go to the old neighborhoods and take them out of the boxes and collect the voter cards that way. So that's what's, uh, again, that was two, 2002. So when I hear the media, like in San Antonio, say there is no voter fraud, it's a lie. It's been around uh, in the past. I would tell Harold, if you're going to run, well, you've got to win by 55%, 54%. Why? Why not just 51? Well, because there's probably 2 to 4% of voter fraud out there. And what we've seen recently that it's much more than that. I think they've taken the game to a whole, whole new, in my opinion, and I'm allowed that, in my opinion, they've taken it to a whole new level of, of voter fraud, especially in the mail fraud and computer fraud. But uh, that was my back around 2002 when it first came out and first happened. And um, I'll, I'll finish in my, my rant for re-election. I went to the uh, editorial board in San Antonio. And when I re-election, I had no opponent Republican primary. The Democrats had three, Dem three or four Democrats running and their complaint was voter fraud in Democrat primary. And I went to the editorial board, which you meet with to get their endorsement. As a Republican conservative, I really didn't want their endorsement because uh, uh, Christian Harold and Sebastian, if the paper endorsed me, I'd probably be apologizing to you guys, okay? So, but I, I talked about voter fraud. People complained about it. they'd gone, their, their mom and their friends were in, were, had voted. Why? Well, they're in a nursing home, Alzheimer's unit, and the whole Alzheimer's unit had voted. How can that be? And then another guy complained about uh, the voter. The, the, uh, they came to our house saying, hey, we, we go downtown once a day. We'll collect your ballots for you and take it downtown like a, like a public service. And the husband told the wife, where are our ballots? He, he, he took them. Well, we haven't voted yet. How did you know how? When they had, those reports came out, and when I told the editorial board about voter fraud, they said, well, where are you getting these stories from? I said, this is the Democrat primary. This is the reporters in your own paper reported this story. And I became a little flippant, which probably wasn't very wise. I said, don't you guys read your own paper? So the voter fraud articles were in their own paper in the Democrat primary, and I was sharing those stories. So it kind of brings us forward to 2020 right now, what's going on. And it's always been a fact that, again, if, if one of you guys would have run and say, hey, you can't win 51%, you got to win probably 53 54%. And it may be worse now, in my opinion, and I'm allowed my opinion. That's how bad it is. How's that, Sebastian, for a good introduction? Oh, in the last 14 years, I've been at the State Board of Education. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I forgot that part. 
And I, I did want to ask you a couple of questions about education and stuff like that a little bit before we got sure. into the election. Um, now, I totally lost what I was going to say. Oh, uh, Austin. Austin ISD recently changed their sex education. And now I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, but we as conservatives, I, I have to, yes, I, I think this is a little bit too far with what they've done. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Austin sex education program? Yeah, it, it, it's health ed and, and, and sex ed, which is all the same topic. And, and we went to the, it, it just what happened in Austin and, and other ISDs throughout Texas. They're, they're getting a, uh, I wrote an article called the 21st Century Trojan Horse. And the groups in Planned Parenthood and their friends, they developed their own curriculum. And they're coming to these school boards who are strapped for money. And they're saying, hey, we have a free health ed curriculum for you. Free materials, free books, even free training. And we'll give you this. And when I say a Trojan horse, if you know the story of the Trojan horse, what happened in Troy was that it wasn't the free gift of the horse. It was what was inside that horse. It was meant to destroy a culture. Uh, destroy a, a community and they're given this free curriculum and some ISDs are, have admitted they haven't even read the curriculum it was free I call it free 99 right always be aware when it's free 99 and they take it and 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 then the parents are seeing it say hey we're the moms and dads and they answer your question that the state law says in 28004 education code I'm sorry that's technical but then in Texas mom and dad have a right to see anything your children are being taught. When you guys have sons and daughters in, in Texas, we have a law that says you're allowed to see, whether it be algebra, health ed, biology, chemistry, U.S. history, you're allowed to see what's being taught in class. And I always preface that with the fact that in Texas, the good news, we have a law that says parents are allowed to see what's taught in class. The bad news is we had to pass a law to say you have a right to see what's taught to your children in class. Does that answer your question? What happened in Austin was uh, sad. It, it makes me angry because parents felt they were shut out. And I met some Hispanic parents whose first language is Spanish and really upset because uh, they felt that uh, they were not communicated to what's out there. They were not shown the material and uh, just uh, really upset at the ISD for doing a curriculum and pushing it out there without really having moms and dads involved in the decision-making process. And it was very graphic, very radical, very graphic sex ed, which upset no, him. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty gross. It's, uh, I, I'm one of those people that I think the schools should only be responsible for teaching us reproductive science. Anything else your family needs to tell you. Uh, it's really none of, I, see, I, I really don't have a problem if your family wants to tell you about things like gay sex and lesbian sex sure. and stuff like that, but it's not up to the school to do that. Uh, Mr. Mercer, I have oh, a you, you hit a major, this, this, well, I'm on the bench real quick, what he said there, but it's, it's oh, amazing because my son, they did not cover reproductive science. You're covering all this stuff and you're not saying the stage of the life cycle of a baby. Right. Reproductive science, you talked about. How can be science help education, and you're not discussing you're not discussing the reproductive thing? It was amazing. We actually did that, Sebastian. Like I look at the standards. How can you not cover the reproductive cycle? Right. And yeah, that's now, and they didn't care about that. I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. 
No, it's all right. My question is a little uh, still on sort of a, um, a public education type area, but away from uh, the reproductive uh, sort of health uh, side of things. I had a question about civics education uh, going forward in the state of Texas, because I mean, we just got out, we just got out of I just got out of college. Uh, Sebastian starting law school. Christian's obviously still in college. We have, uh, from what I've seen, a terrible lack of just civics knowledge like in, in college students and everything they don't know the difference between the house and the senate in the united states congress they don't know the differences between state federal and local government and everything is there anything that the state board of education is looking to do to try and increase the civics education in texas and everything Yeah, we, we did a rewrite of, of both Texas and Colorado, but that was so important that kids don't know those things, Harold, you're talking about. They don't know kids, young people don't know um, that everybody gets, that, that uh, South Dakota gets two U.S. senators, but only one member of Congress, and Texas gets 36 members of Congress, but two U.S. senators. Why is South Dakota equal to Texas in the Senate, but different in the House? Well, it's by population, and they don't understand the great compromise what that was about and, and that surprises me when I see kids interviewed on TV on Ivy League schools and they'll say who's your uh, who's your U.S. senator and they said uh, oh it's a senator oh Nancy Pelosi well Nancy Pelosi is not a senator she's a huge representative and she's not from Massachusetts she's from California well I don't care that's who I'd want to have that isn't the way it works and you're absolutely right shocked that, that the, some of the, in, when they interview some of them, quote, the best schools in the nation, and they don't know what it's all about, there is a process to follow. And, and uh, even the Constitution, there's a process. I do a thing with the Boy Scouts, Citizenship in the Nation, and tell them that how many, uh, what percentage of we need to pass an amendment of the Constitution? Is it 51%? Is it two thirds or three quarters? And they don't know that it's what well, they know now. It's a three quarters. Our constitution is so a big thing. And, and I am shocked. And, and we're trying to push more and more of that. Uh, I, I caught fire because on the First Amendment, on the standards, I actually did something horrible. I pushed it, but it actually would, would put the First Amendment in the standards, about the five freedoms, you know, religion, speech, press, right to assembly, and right to petition, those five freedoms, right. and put the actual First Amendment in our standards for civics, and I caught flack. We had to do a vote. It was very disruptive. We finally passed that, but they did, did, did not want to have the actual words of the Constitution in our standards. If you can imagine that, but that's the fight. We won that fight. I hope it changes. These, these will last for the next 10 years. That's a great question because, uh, you know, if you don't know what the rules are, how can you play? What, what bothers me the you most, know, yeah. What bothers me the most is I was watching this other podcast and this this lady on the podcast said she wanted to vote for Joe Biden because he quoted Hamilton. And when the host asked her what he quoted, she said, we hold these truths to be self-evident. And they just didn't know. They had no idea that that was not just from Hamilton. That was from, you know, the declaration. Right. Well, it's even more, more basic than that. Yeah. Because the you have people who literally just don't know why we have a Senate, like why we have a difference between uh, 
the population-based House representatives and the uh, and and the equal between states Senate. They don't know that the Senate was supposed to represent the states. They just and uh, yeah, that explains too like why these people are so quick to jump on board of banning the electoral college yeah. and kind right. of uh, yeah, just it's it's it comes down to them not understanding why things are in place. And it, that was the topic for the last four years. We should abolish the electoral college. Yeah, because it's not fair. We're, I mean, they call us a, we're a constitutional republic, but everyone still says we're a democracy. I mean, we can't even get down our form of government correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's something I think that should should be. I'm not. I, I can't speak on how to address it, but I think it should be uh, something that we need to discuss more. And we have some states that say that everybody should be allowed to vote. If you went to McDonald's or a hamburger, you paid a tax. Yeah. You're not a citizen. We got some states that say everybody should vote. Our state said, no, you must be a U.S. citizen over age 18, and you can't be in prison, you can't, you know, all those kind of things. And, and uh, but we have some, so how do we do that when other states get more votes, but they, they offer a lot more, to be honest, uh, illegal voters go in oh, the yeah. system and then we compete against that and you're right it that led total college is a concept to understand but it but it, it's there for a reason to protect the rights of the minority the smaller yeah. states yeah and we don't i mean we don't teach it particularly well i think because that's i it took me until college the, i i'd say late high school to early college to actually understand what the electoral college did and that's after taking uh U.S. history in fifth grade, eighth grade, and then uh, AP U.S. history and government in high school. And it's still like, it's, it, I don't know if it's just something that needs to be taught better or if the civics needs to, we just have to have a larger emphasis on it. But there is definitely a problem with the civics education, I think, in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I agree. Texas everywhere. Yeah, I would say everywhere. I, I lived in a couple of different states growing up, and it's it's about on par with every state well, I've lived in. And I don't think it's a particularly recent thing either. Like my, not to brag on my dad, but he doesn't, he didn't know the difference between the Senate and the House. He just thought that's the federal government. They do things and keep my business down. That Which, right. to be fair, yeah, yeah. they, they kind of do. But I was surprised that he didn't know the difference between the House and the Senate. But he, he just didn't really pay attention. No. So I, I, I do want to ask you, is it? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's all you. Well, I, I have a book coming out in the fall. It's called Sla Slavery 101, but one chapter is on the Three-Fifths Compromise. And of course, the Great Compromise, which is before the Three-Fifths. And I heard people saying, well, our founding fathers thought that African-American men were only worth three-fifths of a person. They don't understand what happened was when they did the, the census back then, uh, which is the control, it's all about power. The more members you have in the House, you have more power. If Texas has 38, but South Dakota has one, we have more power in the House. So we're equal in the Senate. We used to get two U.S. senators, right? And, and so the, the first census, the, the, the South came, and they were counting citizens back then. How many American citizens do you have? And the South came back with these highly inflated numbers and said, what's going on? And they realized that the South was counting all the slaves. I said, well, your slaves, they're not free. They don't have the rights of citizenship. They're not free, they don't have the right to citizenship, they don't have the right to vote. So you can't count them because we're counting the citizens. And they fought that and the South wanted to count all their slaves, why? For more or less power. 
for more power. In fact, I asked the question, but why did, Sly, why did the South want to count slaves 100% when they were originally going to count just citizens? Did they want to do that? They want to free the slaves? Did they want to offer free education for all the children of slaves? Or did they want more representation to continue slavery? When I hear people who try to teach us say that, that our founding fathers were all racist, counted, uh, but the North said, okay, but your, your federal tax is apportioned the same way. So that's when it came about, okay, we had a three-fifths compromise. You only count slaves as three-fifths. And I always wonder why we did that, because if we counted, the question now is California has so many representatives, but their population, they count people who are either legally or non-documented citizens get counted, but they can't vote, but they have as many as five extra representatives by population, where if we counted citizens only, they'd have less pop, they'd have less representation. So that happened back to our founding fathers. It happened, we, we counted people instead of citizens. And that's what the Three-Fifths Compromise is about. It was to protect the slave owners and, and to take away power from the South one account of as 100%. If that makes sense, it's a very difficult issue. All races, the only kind of black man. Hey, we lost you. We hold on. Of, a, of a whole person. That's not the rest of the story. We want to count everybody. Did you lose me there? I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we lost you. We heard you say um, something about it's all racist, and then we lost you after that. Well, some professors say that our founding fathers were all racist. They said, and their proof is in the Constitution that says that African American men count only three fifths. And that wasn't what happened. The South right. wanted 100% to have more representation to continue slavery longer. Right. And right. we didn't want to, we want to count only, not we, but count only citizens. And if we had done that then, it'd be different right now. But we counted everyone you had there. But uh, that's gave the South more representation and helped slavery to last longer. If we had done a 100% count, five-fifths, slavery mm -hmm. would have lasted another 50 years. The right. South would have had that much power in the house. But a different, that's what Harold's does about civic lessons. It's so, it's so complicated right. until you know the rest of the story. Exactly, exactly. Christian, did you have anything? Nothing right now to add. Uh, sorry, because uh, I'm still trying to rest my head on that. Because what you're saying is very true, right? It seems like I think people are taking the easier route. You know, some uh, some professors and even teachers will sacrifice uh, kind of like the truth for convenience. You know, because uh, it's hard being a teacher nowadays, which is something I think we also need to understand. But a lot of kids just simply don't want to be there. So you know, whatever um, kind of keeps them getting something down is usually what a teacher might go for. Not saying all, but, um, you know, I think that's another thing that might need to be taken a look at as well. It's just like, uh, uh, what is the best way to reach out to a kid? You know, we have, we still have the argument between common. I actually just did a paper <laughs> a week ago over common core in the Texas ed and versus like the Texas education system that we have, you know, it's still something that we're still quite new with on how we, on how we want to, teach our kids what's the best way and um uh, yeah what makes me really sad is you know when i was in high school i had a teacher uh still remember this day because she was honestly one of the best teachers i've ever had and i'm sure everybody has one of those teachers in their lives uh 
I was that kid who, who didn't really care. I, I, w- I would go to class, but I could care less about what class I was sitting in. And my teacher held me after class one day and asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And I, you know, I basically told her I was going to be some famous gajillionaire just because I was 17 and the world seemed like it was at my fingertips at the time. <laughs> and she held me after class and she ripped into me for an hour and a half. I missed my next two classes because she was just ripping into me about, I'm not, I'm never going to be anything if I don't get out of my own way. I actually have to put effort into things if I want things to come my way, uh, stuff like that. And I sent her an email when I got accepted into law school. And I was like, I just want you to know that even though this was you know, five, six years ago, that is the moment that I really kind of clicked on and realized that I'm, I'm the leader in my life. And if it wasn't for you screaming at me, I don't know if I'd be here right now. And I just wanted to say thank you. And she sent me an email back and she's like, I, I see that you're into politics and everything. And I'm not trying to get political but students and parents are so sensitive these days that that was the last time I was able to talk to a student like that. I would be fired if I talked to a student like that now and probably, you know, sent to prison or something. And it just, it, it really bothers me that it's hard for teachers to connect. You, they think that teachers are just supposed to be there, give them a worksheet, give them an A and get them out. And that's, that's not what the, the job is. It's much more than that. Wow. Oh, yeah. So if you're listening. That's a great story because at least it, at least it, it made a difference. Yeah. So if my, if my junior high school math teacher is listening, that's for you. But it, it, it just bothers me. And I, I wish because what really bothers me is there's probably other students like me that could do so much if they just were told to shut up and listen for once. And they're never going to hear that. And yeah. That's what bothers me the most. Yeah, I think people kind of forget. Um, sometimes My biggest that... fear is, is kids getting shut down. Mm-hmm. But, so I, I do want to talk about... I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. about a three-second delay, I think. Okay. Go ahead, Christian. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, uh, talking. Yeah, I uh, just wanted to say, I think sometimes uh, it happens to a lot of kids where... Uh, some a teacher is kind of like a not a parent but a second guardian you know like a second set of like yeah. they can be really influential and they can really help out a lot of uh, kids uh, oh, i yeah. definitely had uh, plenty of teachers you know that influenced me throughout my k through 12 uh, you know mm-hmm. experience so yeah but i did want to get into returning back to school i know covid covid's what's kind of started this show i mean every episode we've ever had had to talk about covid because it just hasn't gone away But, you know, I just did my first semester of law school basically online, which was a nightmare to do. Uh, And I told my school that. Christian, I'm sure you did a bunch of classes online. Certainly so. (laughs) Trip's the lucky one. I got got out before it could really hit me hard. (laughs) Doing these 10, I mean, I just got done with my finals. And for law school, at least my school, they're mandatory three-hour tests. And we had to do them online. And the system is programmed that if you even look away from your computer, you're flagged for cheating. So it was just, you know, sitting there staring at my computer for three hours nonstop. Oh, really? Wow. Not allowed to take a break, not allowed to get up. And I'm, you know, I didn't even do that in class. I have, I'm always looking around the classroom. So let alone it when I was on Zoom, I was 
playing with pens. I was playing with, um, with things on my desk. I could not sit there. For mm-hmm. the, I would have failed out <laughs> if I had something like that for me. That's insane. And it's just, do you expect us to go back to the classroom anytime soon? I know the, the vaccine is, I, I just got a notification that the first shipment just came out uh, inside the U.S. But do you think any, within this next school year or and a half, would we be back in the classroom? Yeah, I, I think uh, I saw this the first round is obviously uh, the elderly in nursing homes and primary care people. And the second round included educators in the classroom educators. And I think that, that's very key to get back in there. Of course, will everybody take it or not? Uh, I was going to recommend the first round should be all the trial lawyers go first. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> all, the tri- <laughs> all the trial lawyers take it. I'm we for it. We had a Fiesta Texas San Antonio. We, we had a we, we had a new roller coaster. It's called, I forget, the Texas something big, some huge roller coaster here. And we asked uh, who should be the first per- people to try out the new roller coaster. And I suggested, how about all the trial lawyers? <laughs> but the, the second way I already saw that you've seen the posting is going to be a classroom educators. I think it's important because it, uh, a lot of them are elderly people. And even though the, the kids have a high level of, of resistance, uh, they can be carriers, and some of the teachers between the 40, 50, 60 year range are more susceptible to the disease. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty important. So to answer your question, if that happens a lot, I can see them going back to more and more. I can see about fourth quarter this year for sure, and it looks like third quarter after the holidays, it, it could happen. What, what, there's buses rolling out today. Yeah. Right. So they're saying this week we could have three million people. That's a very aggressive, but they're saying three it could be the second wave, which would be the educators. So to answer your question, I could see it happen uh, at least half and half online or home, you know, online in 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 the classroom. But I would think by fourth quarter it would be all in the classroom again. I hope so. I mean, my uh, school asked us if we just want to forego spring break all together. Answer send me your question. Sorry about that. Oh, I mean, or go I mean, like, so when would you graduate law school? Did you lose a semester or? No, just, just, no, that's spring semester, spring break. Like the week break we have, they, they asked if we just wanted to cancel it all together and just power through. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do? About that? <laughs> I think the school voted to have spring break as is. But hey, you're lucky. At least your school talks to you about that stuff. Um, we're kind of just going with the flow, waiting for an email that Texas. might just t- tell us that, oh, it's canceled. Oh, we're going to keep it. Just Texas State, I will say, has been very bad about asking the students what they want. But what do, you, what do the students do now? Because you have not just school. I mean, if it's online, you're still paying, paying tuition. You could argue, hey, I'm paying all these building use fees. There's no building, but what about your apartments, your dormitory contracts? What about your food service contracts? If you live in a dormitory, you contract that for a semester. And if you're not in class, then who uh, is that being reimbursed to students when that happens? How do, how nope. do they figure that out? Oh, I like we're, we're being yeah. scammed right now, if it's the best way to put it. You know, I'm paying, I think the regular tuition I'd be paying if I was going to all my classes. Mm-hmm. Um, Athletic fees, bus athletic fees. Athletic fees, yeah, like, and it's, well, one, the athletic fee, even 
before COVID, I'd argue, I'm like, I don't go to every football game or ba- uh, baseball, you know, something like that should be optional. But anyways, it's, it's still, yeah, I'm still paying for basically everything else. Uh, like I said earlier, the best way to be to put it is we're being scammed. <laughs> Shoot, I said when I was at Texas State, I said they should stop making us pay the athletic fees until we start winning games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or at least if you want to pay games, you feel like you have to get in the game then. There's, yeah. no, there's no reason to charge me 75 grand if you're going to lose everything. <laughs> well, when I was in the state house, they had a bill. They wanted to just give you a bill, flat bill. And I, I fought that. I said, no, I want everything delineated. You had computer fees. You had budget. You had, you had a health center. You had recreation center. You had daycare center. You had athletic fees. I want you to see every fee. Of course, the thought would be maybe you could say, what do you, do you want? A computer fee. Do I want computer? You know, but the, to at least see. But the fight was they want to give every one of the students one fee throughout Texas. And that's it. You pay it no matter what. And I felt it's important that you see every fee on there. Yeah. Because when you go vote for a new fee, you should know what it costs. And especially if fees never die. If you vote for a... Uh, and I'm not being negative, I'm just saying you want to have a, a parking lot fee. It's $35 semester. Once you all pass that, that's forever. And if you're a business saying, hey, we have 30,000 kids at Texas forever, that's a great deal. You know, a bank would love that. You get income coming in. So, and even if you're having COVID, if you're still paying those fees, you're right. That, don't, that doesn't seem right. If you can't park your car or use the bus system or use the on-site health care, at the campus or use the library. Uh, it, it just seems, uh, it's a big question what Christian talked about and why are you paying all these fees if you can't even be there to utilize those fees? That doesn't make sense. You're paying for a daycare fee. A lot of schools have that, but you can't go to a daycare. And then and not even answer, what if you don't have kids anyhow, but if it's not even a daycare operational because of COVID, you're still paying this fee. Very problematic. What do you all think? That doesn't sound. That just doesn't sound right. Doesn't pass the smell test. Yeah, no, I, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, but I think the library uh, usually during finals week it's open twenty four seven. I think uh, I don't want. I think it was this week or at least last Sunday. We were ca- we we were told they close at one a.m. Now even during finals they're like, yeah, y'all got y'all got to leave. And even then, in a way, it's still kind of limited. Uh, you know, certain amount of people to a table. And things are marked off. Uh, so, it, it, and then plus with the the rec center, which is another fee, I think that should be an optional fee as well. Though not everyone goes to the gym, right? Um, you have to like, uh, you have to make reservations. You, you can make as, yeah, you have to make as many reservations as you want, but you still have to. And then you, if you only make one, they could kick you out if there's too many people. Um, I noticed a, a couple bars. Oh. I went out last night, and a couple bars are doing the whole reservation thing too. You had to call ahead, and oh. it, was it like really people. depends where you are. It seems. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to a bar last night. And they had no like reservation thing. Like they said, yeah, you got to wear a mask, but even oh, that, they're yeah. like, they were like, well, then just you just, just like, keep it. When you're walking like the bathroom or something. The yeah. square's becoming a little bit more lively on in San Marcos, uh, but they they do. There are lines outside of, um, you know, certain bars where I guess they're doing the max capacity or the limited capacity. So 
I mean, the, about it. the bars I saw were completely full, but they still made you pay $40 for a reservation. Or at least some of them did. We went to a couple of them. Yeah. We're just, come on in. But, and, and it, I don't know. It, it's, I'm just ready for all this to be over so I can go outside finally and not feel like I'm going to kill somebody. Same. <laughs> not that I'm going to like. I, th- I think we'll be going back at the latest by, by the, on a public school, but I think by fourth quarter, we'll be back, which should be probably the middle after spring break. But who knows? We thought this time, la- we thought last year they'd be over by May, right? Uh, Even sooner. One of our- still here, but right now, if the vaccine rolls out, if it works out, I would think by spring break, everybody be back in back, you know, public school and college will be back on campus. But, but the, it's, uh, the fees are very problematic because you still pay those fees, and, and obviously, you can't use them. Nope. You know, and uh, it actually good in the real world. I don't pay for the uh, for the athletic fee unless I go to the game. I don't pay for the gym fee unless I go to the gym, right? And the and that's just the way it works out. But if everybody, if all what is Texas State thirty thousand? 5,000 kids now. I mean, you can imagine what a thirty-eight across across all of its campuses, though. Thirty-eight thousand. Yes, sir. So, what what is one? Give me a fee for one semester. How much is say the athletic fee or or the daycare fee? How much is that per semester? A hundred bucks a semester. Mm, Pretty sure. If you got got thirty-eight thousand kids, students. I'm sorry, thirty-eight thousand students, and you're getting either a hundred dollars a year. Or a fifty dollars semester, that's a pretty good good deal. That you're you're doing, you know, and and whether you get one person or you get thirty eight thousand, you get the same amount of money. That's a great business model. <laughs> if you're the business. Oh yeah, very much so. Uh, it costs average thirty eight or three thousand eight hundred ninety per semester at Texas State for a resident, for a Texas resident. Oh yeah, ninety-four bucks for a non-resident uh, for the recreational sports fee. Student center fee is a hundred bucks. A uh, student publication fee is eight dollars. Athletic fee. Student success fee. What's my success fee? Exactly. One hundred and five dollars. I thought I was. I thought my own. I was my own success. No, not anymore. <laughs> Dean Trout is. Just try to ask them how they measure that. Yeah. How do they measure success? I mean, hey, I got on the brochure for the poli sci department, so. It's going to be a different time. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mr. Mercer. Oh, no, I was going to say, you guys are blessed with youth, and you'd be talking – 20 years now, like old man, yeah, I remember back in 2020, you know what I mean? <laughs> when all this stuff happening. Yeah, but you're going to have quite a memory of uh, when I was a kid, it was, uh, this is how old I am. It was when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew where you were at. Or mm-hmm. 9-11. Everybody knew at 9-11, you know, where you were at. And I know you're all a lot younger back then. But they, oh, 9-11, I was here. Or I was at school or I was at work or I was, you know, whatever else. Yeah. And, and I'm sure 2020. You'd be saying I was first year law school or I was uh, last year at Texas State, whatever, you know, you'll be knowing where you're at. You'll be talking years later, where right. were you in 2020? You're going have right. a lot of, you already have a lot of stories to tell. Oh yeah. I didn't get my graduation. So I didn't, there was no ceremony. That's, 
I just read our names on a Zoom call. <laughs> but, no, that, that's, that's kind of tough, uh, you know. It's, uh, that's another interesting area of like funding and stuff like that is the out of state versus in state tuition stuff. And that's something I know that there's a uh, lawsuit. lawsuit coming through right now out of UNT because a out of state student is uh, suing the university uh, with the Texas Public Policy Foundation over um, the fact that he has to pay out of state tuition while uh, undocumented immigrant students get to pay in state tuition. So uh, there's a lawsuit going on there as well. That's pretty, that's pretty going to be pretty interesting. I want to see where that goes. Yeah, there's some close 30, 50 mile rule, like say, and I have, I don't know verbatim here what you ask, but I might say, hey, if you live within, if you're in Louisiana, but you live within 25 miles of Texas border, you'll pay Texas rates. But past that, you pay Louisiana rates. And, but you know, in-state, out-state, I mean, when it's all virtual right now, how do you know you live in San Francisco, if you live in Anchorage, Alaska, or if you live in China, how do they know where you live at if it's all virtual online, including your exams? Uh, what difference does it make in in-state? I understand what they're saying. They want to make sure that Texas students get a better price. If you're not Texas students, you get a higher price. I know what they're doing, but then it's problematic when all of a sudden we, we wave certain students away of others. Once you start doing that, you know, who gets preferential? What about me? Why don't I get treated that preferential? Why don't I get in-state tuition, but I'm paying out of state? When we offer, I think there's a, a great um, question. We yeah. offer in-state tuition to people from Oklahoma and Louisiana, I think. But it doesn't. But it's not reciprocated. Oh, it is. It is. It is. I think so. I think if you go to OU, you get in-state tuition, and I think if you go to LSU, you get in-state tuition. I don't think. No, that's not true. I know it's not true for OU because my cousin uh, was going to go there, and they offered him a scholarship that would have cut the out-of-state uh, tuition fees. Gotcha. Yeah, but he ended up not going there. Well, there you go. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it's really funny how we'll offer in-state tuition to other uh, students outside of the state and everything. Wow. And the other thing that I think we kind of touched on it a little bit is like the testing. And if, you know, if you're in Anchorage, Alaska. Or outside the country. Or outside the country. I read a post the other day about this kid who uh, was an international student and he had to move back to India because of the COVID or the, uh, the whole situation. And his teacher put a test up, which was at 2 a.m. his time. And so he had to be up at 2 a.m. for a test. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just a really hard situation for everybody. Uh, the, the whole in-state, out-state tuition. But if you're an undocumented immigrant, you get in-state tuition. It, it's crazy. Yeah. It's going to be a big thing. I, I'm really... Waiting for COVID to be over. It, it was it was cool at first when it was like two weeks of spring break, and then it just <laughs> never ended. It's like it literally is like Groundhog Day. I just keep waking up, and my motivation to do anything just dwindles day by day. But interesting, I, I work with friends in the, the Texas Homeschool Coalition, and I met the homeschoolers for the military. They had a lot of military friends or Americans stationed in Germany, Europe, whatever else. 
and they used what was called CBT, computer-based training, but they're online classes like you have now. But the Homeschool Coalition is saying that they've grown by 400% now of parents who've had kids at home, and they, they say, hey, I can do this. And you probably heard there was a recently in, two things. First, in Tennessee, there's one district that said, that, hey, uh, the Cavazos parents, uh, you cannot look at your child's work. You have to sign a waiver saying, at home learning, you will not look online what they're being taught. They're like, what is that? Now, how, what, what kind of law is that? And then we had some of the liberal unions complaining that, well, if we keep doing online uh, learning, all the conservatives like the the Holdridge and Cavazos and the Quaid family, they'll be the first ones complaining because they'll be able to see what's being taught in the classroom. Well, wait a minute, why would you not want moms and dads to see what's being taught in the classroom? And, and that's been, it's one big, one big eye opener has happened. I've had certain classes, your first question is about Austin ISD and the sex ed curriculum. A mm -hmm. lot of districts quit doing it for, for this year because they thought that the material was it improper for at-home learning. I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> right. What is it you wouldn't want to you, you wouldn't want Sebastian and brother and sister to see or her mom and dad to see? I mean, there's plenty. Why, of why would it be improper for at home learning? But that's right. It there's been some good things happen. In other words, yeah, parents decide favor. You will only do at home learning if you promise you will not watch what's being taught. Well, I thought we lived in a place called the. United States of America, where parents had that right. Exactly. Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, what's the Bible verse? If you do it in the shadows, it's not worth doing, or something like that. Or what's done in the shadows will be brought to the light. It, I'm, I'm ready for this to be it's over. Still, it's still known. Yeah. But uh, what was my next question? Did, Trip, did you have something else? Uh, I didn't have anything else like real specific. Yeah, I think I saw it tomorrow. Really Wait, we lost you there. Could you say that again? Mr. Mercer? Uh, I think you cut out. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was listening. I couldn't hear the question. Oh, just, we, I, we, I could not hear the question. You cut out. We couldn't hear. I'm still here. Oh, I, I could not hear the last question. What was the last question? Other what? Uh, we didn't. Um, I was. I was just saying how I was. My main things that I wanted to ask you about were the civics things and the COVID things and stuff like that. And I didn't have anything more. So I, I think we should move. Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked it. Yeah. I think we should move on to the. I'm election. glad you asked the safest questions because that, that all, I mean, because that is so. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This delay is uh, something else. Did, did something happen for the election? <laughs> <laughs> I did want to talk about the voter fraud and stuff like that. Uh, you guys asked me, well, <laughs> what do y'all see in the election? I mean, I mean, my biggest complaint is Texas right now. I'm seeing the same MO, the method of operation. I've seen it in. In my opinion, and again, my opinion, I've seen it in Bear County, San Antonio, Harris County, Houston, Travis County, Austin. Rumors it could be Hayes County, too, uh, Dallas County, Dallas. What, what we've seen in, in Nevada and Arizona, 
it's, it's been the same method of operation we saw in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, and Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Detroit, Michigan, and Madison, and, and uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's the same MO, and, and now I'm going to be specific. It's been Democratic-controlled counties, city councils, and our beginning discussion, and again, if Christian want to run for office and say you can't win by 51% for all going on, maybe worse than that. But uh, it's been the same method consistently, which is scary. And yeah. all you, you've seen that map, how they vote, how the nation's all red, but all these little dots. And the blue dots were all major cities and controlled by what party? Democrat Party. Yeah. And uh, what does that mean? Does well, that mean there's fraud? Does it mean what level? And the media to make statements like saying, Sebastian, you're crazy. There is no voter fraud. Well, no, there is voter fraud. The question is, is it enough to swing a major election? But to say a premise that there is no voter fraud at all is a lie. And we're all smarter than that. It's just crazy to me that Joe Biden is the one that broke the record for the most amount of votes. That is not something I would have guessed. I don't think it's so much that he broke the record. I think it was that Donald Trump helped him break the record because I, like him or not, Donald Trump is a fairly unpopular president, or, or at least he's very divisive in that way. So I would think it'd be pretty easy for you to rack up a good amount of votes no matter who the candidate was. Oh, yeah, especially for the reasons why some people are voting. Uh, strictly like uh, I know people and family members that voted based solely off of the president's um, uh, personality. You know, it seemed to have been a really major turnoff for a lot of Americans. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't boast about, quote, blowing him out of the water because it shouldn't have been that hard, honestly. <laughs> but it's Joe Biden. I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you, can, it, you can go the other way. It's Donald Trump. <laughs> it's... I mean, I guess, but just, I, did you, did anybody actually listen to any of his, that uh, Joe Biden's speeches, like his town halls? No, no, of course no. not. Many of the people that are voting, you know, you saw it in the O'Rourke election. A lot of these people just voted because they, it was the, tr it's the trend. You know, yeah. People are voting because, oh, same everyone people, else is doing it. It's the same people who think there's 52 states. Yeah. yeah. The same people that say we're a direct democracy. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, not but, a constitutional republic. That, that's yeah. But a good question about it is it is it popularity? But then when you look at it, uh, the predictions of the Senate and the House, and that every incumbent won, and the Democrats have lost, but twelve to fourteen seats now in the House, and then and uh, every Republican legislator we actually picked up two legislators. It just the numbers don't add up. All the other positives that happened, uh, there were over almost 450,000, almost half a million ballots that were. Now, if you're in line and you wait two, two hours to vote, I can see I'm going to vote only for president, but they had 450,000 ballots that were people had ballots sent to their house. We had plenty of time to vote however you wanted, whatever, and mail it back in. Well, they all had one race, and that was Biden. Trump and they only voted one race and and maybe you're right maybe that's all they cared about they voted they weren't voting for Joe Biden they voted against Donald Trump but when I look at the, the the U.S. House the U.S. Senate 
And I look at the, the state legislatures, every member of Congress picked up what now, uh, it doesn't. And then to think that Joe Biden got, uh, what, 15 million more votes than the most, most popular Democrat president ever was uh, Barack Obama. And if he, did he really get 15 million more votes than Barack Obama? That, that's the question. And yeah, uh, yeah and, but I see what you're saying. It, there's a lot of hatred toward Trump, but did they really vote against Trump, but, but didn't vote for the other Republicans? And that's what doesn't make sense. Right. Or just not vote. Did you vote him. against Trump before John Cornyn? You know, did you vote? Did you vote against Trump, but you voted for uh, Karen Leffler or, or, or what's your name, Dave Perdue? You know, did did did, did that really happen? Well, you, if Christian Cavazos is a U.S. state senator. I voted for Christian Cavazos, Republican state senator, but I voted against Donald Trump. And, and, and that's possible. It is possible. But did that really happen? That, that's the, uh, yeah. somebody a lot smarter than me has got to figure that out. <laughs> but the, the biggest problem is probably at, uh, with my wife, Virginia, Trump left Virginia all night. And they, but early on, Trump was ahead by Virginia by eight points, and they picked it for Joe Biden. They go, how can they say Joe Biden? Trump's ahead. And they picked Arizona very, very early, and yet Trump had huge leads. And you know, Michigan, Trump and, and the African-American gentleman there who's running for U.S. Senate had a huge lead when oh, they closed at midnight that night. John James, a great candidate. A very West Point graduate, grew up in Detroit, Michigan, MBA University. What a wonderful candidate. And he, he was ahead. He had a, a bigger lead than Trump. You know, so there you can see already more folks voted for him for U.S. than voted for Trump. And then all of a sudden, six hours later, at four in the morning, boom, it flipped. And they both lost. And no one's talking about that race. Here's an African-American man who lost to an, an Anglo-Democrat. But how did that happen? You know, in, in Detroit, how did Detroit vote? I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just think this time we need, need to either put up or shut up. You know, if there's voter fraud out there, let's do it now. Let's prove it now. And let's stop it now, no matter what party you're on. But we need to find, and if it's not there, then we're all wrong. But if it is there, find it now and stop it. Because I'm getting tired of every election, every election hearing voter fraud. And it's either there or it's not. Right. And if it's there, we got to find it. If it's not, we have to admit, hey, we're wrong forward. Well, there, was, there was another candidate uh, similar to John James who was running for uh, uh, the U.S. House here Wait, in Houston. Oh, in Houston. Yeah, Wesley Hunt. He was a really good candidate that I was yeah. really hoping would, would be able to win. But he, I think he lost by 1.5 points. It, it was really close down here. I'll say my neighbor put out there – uh, I can't remember the Democrat candidate, but they put out the Democrat candidate sign. So we put out the hunt sign and then they put 10 more Democrat candidate signs. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really funny because this was a, uh, I'm living over in the, like the West part of West side of Houston. And this was a very almost staunchly Republican mm -hmm. district for at least 15, 20 years. Yeah, and then 2016, or no, I think it was 2018, actually comes around, and they got uh, it got flipped. Just it's wild. Well, what I'm excited to see is the investigation of Hunter Biden, um, and more recently, uh, Eric Swalwell's ex girlfriend. I don't know if they're still dating or not. 
they ever were to begin with. But uh, Swallow, the guy who was calling out the Trumps for for sleeping with Russian spies, is the one who gets caught sleeping with Chinese spies. So it makes Honestly, that's I, my favorite quote, Sebastian. When they, they ask him, uh, "You dated so and so? Did you have a sexual relationship with this Chinese spy?" And he said, "That is classified information." <laughs> <laughs> hey, classified. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what's done in, what's done in the privacy between two consenting adults? <laughs> I, I've just I've, I've, to have a guy who became. Yeah, to have a guy who became a what he became 2014 whatever, and all of a sudden on the intelligence, I mean, you know, the intelligence committee meets in a very special room, soundproof room, nothing can go in and out. Yep. To have a guy that young on that committee was kind of strange, to be honest. And, well, is, and there he is. And then when you find out that the FBI in 2015, you have this Chinese spy working for you, who also gave you an intern to work for you. You would think that would disqualify you being in that committee. But instead, Pelosi says, you know what? I'm going to put you in the intelligence committee. It's, I don't know what she's doing in California. We'll she's got one guy saying he's going to nuke gun owners and he sleeps with a Chinese spy. And then he's, she's got another one who gets into a throuple with her staffers. Oh, California is just a. What is a, going on? Great representatives. <laughs> and they're moving here. It's really funny how that used to be like the just the the stronghold for conservative Republicans. Not even yeah, in the nineties, Texas know. and California sued the federal government for uh, for the education bill for mm. for undocumented immigrants. California is the one who did that with Ann Richards, and that's the last time California yeah. had a major Republican uh, person in office. It, it's it, it's really fallen from grace from the Reagan stronghold that used yeah. to be. Because it, it is a beautiful state. I mean, I've been in California. That is amazing. Times. The the beaches are beautiful. The forests are beautiful. It, it, they just don't do anything, and they let it burn to the ground, and like literally and figuratively. <laughs> but I think we're gonna wrap up right here. Did anybody else have any final points? Uh. People go vote. If anyone's listening from Georgia, I've been hearing people say, oh, the elections are rigged. Don't vote. Um, go vote. Go vote. Even <laughs> Please, go vote. <laughs> Mark, Mark Gleason in San, Ant- in San Marcos won finally. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. He ran. Yeah, he, he ran. Oh, he, in the special election, he, got, he finally yeah, won. Gary Isaac would have won that race, too. Any, any thoughts about that state race carrie isaac i, I thought she would have won that race it, state rep race carrie isaac she lost yeah yeah i know her uh, um i know her husband jason and everything i was i was really hoping she would be able to pull it out and everything i i remember when zwiner won like in 2018 mm-hmm. i think it was she, yeah. she won off of the beta wave yeah that swept through uh san marcus and everything well, the the socialists this time. The I think students. this. I think uh, another just anti-Trump thing because it's all college students in that. Yeah, thing. it's and the, the San Marcos is sixty percent students and everything, so it's they did a tremendous effort out on the college yeah. campus. Yeah, I think she'll lose in an off year when it's not a presidential race or it's not Beto. But I don't know. Beto teaches at San Marcos uh, now. Yeah. Yeah, get his class. Doing? 
He's teaching Texas politics. Oh, is it that? I, I was told something uh, different. He was teaching something else. But it was something weird. It was kind of a class that you can take in upper-level poli side, but it's like a class that I, I, like, eh. I kind of wish I was still there because I do want to take his class. Oh, I would, oh, I'm going to. I want to <laughs> that. I want to. I want to create a fake identity uh, that's Re-enroll. like a super hardcore liberal Democrat so I can go and try to get into the graduate school at Tech State for political science and become Beto's TA and then just tank everything. <laughs> I want, I want to just I want to take that and then just give all the conservative students a. That's what I would do. You could change your name to maybe Joseph Stalin or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm Joseph Stalin's great great grandson. I just wonder if, you, if you, any rumors about any improper voting, any voter fraud in Hayes County, or any any voter fraud in Hayes County, any rumors of that? I'm out of the loop now. Is law legit? Yeah, uh, me, me and me and Sebastian are in Houston now, so what, Christian would be the one who's heard any of that. I've only heard minor things like uh, the census workers kind of trying to say, "Oh, you should go vote for this person." Yeah, uh, that uh, I, no proof of that, sadly, but yeah. I that's just the one rumor I've heard. Well, that's what the deputy um, registrars are doing too. Yeah, uh, you know, you always get that too with some of the people actually working the place but it's so hard to so hard to like get them to, uh, I guess to like proof for it because well, again uh, the, a lot of what I hear is hearsay I've never actually experienced it uh, I had a girl in my class say that she was a deputy registrar with one of the companies I'm not going to name them I tried to call them numerous times but they would not answer and she said that you could talk to her about changing your voter registration to San Marcos but if you're going to vote for Trump don't talk to her oh well yeah, that tends to honestly. I wouldn't what be surprised. What did you hear in Houston, though? You guys, the two of you all are in Houston right now. What's going on there in Harris County? I haven't heard much about Harris County. No, I think Harris is pretty staunchly blue. Yeah. It's it, it's oh, not going to be flipping. Anytime. I don't think it's it's going to flip on a uh, um, presidential year. Anytime we talk about it in class, the teachers always go, the law is the law regardless if you're Republican or Democrat. The best you can do is try to change it, but until then, you're just a law student. Wow. But I mean, and they shut down people on both sides. So if anybody tries to raise a political issue, the teacher will say, again, we're, we're learning the law, not the, you know, th- uh, theories behind it. So until that's then. probably good, though. That's, that's, that sounds pretty balanced. Is, is that, do you feel that way? Does that sound fair and balanced? Yeah, no, 100%. There's this one girl in class. Uh, she is our resident SJW. And anytime she tries, the teacher's like, eh, this is not the right class. It sounds like you want to get a master's in poli sci, not a JD. Oh. That, that's good because the law should be pretty much black and white. It ought yep. to be, this is the law. You would think it'd be very, if you will, conservative in nature is what is the rule of law? What does it say? I would think that would be the way it is. Yep. Yeah, I'm wrong, but uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm oh, excited. You're doing too because uh, you guys give me hope for the future because I know you have a lot, your group's a lot bigger too. And I've talked before. And, uh, I look for the future, what's going to happen. We do I, too. This thing is uh, just asking questions. And I will, I will kind of wrap up what we saw in. Detroit, what we saw in Philadelphia, we saw in Atlanta, we saw here in San, we saw in Austin. Mm-hmm. 
had friends and they were arrested and, and their guilt was asking questions. Yep. Cannot see. Why can I not see? Ah, you know, Christians harassing us. I just asked a question and, they, and all of a sudden I'd see Christian, in, in, you know, in handcuffs. Christians are always harassing people. I had friends in Travis County, it happened too, and all they had questions. And that same method of operation was in every single place. So yeah. you keep on asking questions. And my mom used to always say, my mom only went to the eighth grade. Actually, she got her GED and she's 55 years old. I was very proud of her, but I'm a Hispanic. And she said that uh, if you ask a simple question and they get mad, it means you're probably asking the right question and they're hiding something. Yep. And when I've seen friend after friend, just like y'all, just ask questions like, where do those boxes of ballots come from? Who verified? Oh, those signatures have already been verified. Well, we didn't see that. Mm-hmm. And then they, they have you arrested because you're harassing them. And all you do is asking questions. But keep asking those questions, guys, because uh, if they can't handle it, it means you're asking the right question. Yes, sir. How's that, Sebastian? I, I loved it. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for coming out. And uh, I, I wish we could have done this in person, but the whole the whole situation at hand it prevents that from happening. But you've always been a great friend of ours, and we really do appreciate you coming out for our show. Thank you all so much. You have a great, and I've been saying have a great and blessed Texas Day. I'm going national now. I'm having a have a great and blessed day in our USA. We're actually going inter- international now. We're, we're played in Ireland, Germany, and France now, too. Ireland? Is that? Wow. Yeah, I, I hope, I hope I it's not the IRA. I was about to say, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not. <laughs> well, I talked I talk to the uh, last Wednesday, twice now, I talked to some groups of uh, educating parents asking me, and two of the families that call in were from the UAE. Oh, wow. United Arab Emirates. And I was really impressed with that. In fact, I was, in fact, they were telling me how they're surprised about some of the attacks on Christians here. You know, we live in a Muslim country and they tell us Merry Christmas. We mm-hmm. go to the malls and they're playing. And this is in a Muslim country. It said, yet in our own USA, which they hope to come back to whenever their assignment's finished, I think mm-hmm. they're military, whatever, but whenever they come back, but in the USA, that's taboo. Yep. You say Merry Christmas. I mean, I mean, happy holidays, right? You know, whatever. It's just a, but that was interesting. But you guys keep asking those questions. We need you. Yeah, I've got about, I'm only going to live another 100 years. So, you know, guys <laughs> <laughs> fighting. Please keep asking those questions and do the right thing. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at the Hill Country Conservative. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at HCCons underscore. And uh, I think in the last six months, since we stopped recording for our break, we gained like 500 new followers. We did absolutely nothing and gained 500 followers, which I, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Not posting. We had, the last time we did an episode, I think we had 200 listeners. So I'm super excited for this season and let's make it off in the bang. Yeah. Sorry. And we're going to start posting for, for the winter break. We're going to do a video or a, a podcast every Wednesday and sun. Was it Sunday? Wednesday and Sunday, I think. So, all right. Y'all have a great, y'all have a great week. All right.